It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question, veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. I'm your co-host this morning, live here in San Antonio, Christiana Villegas, reporting from 930 AM, The Answer. And I'm your host, Todd Marquardt, attorney with Marquardt Law Firm. Decisions about your future can be difficult, but at Falcon Bank, their trust department can make planning for tomorrow a positive experience. From estate planning and administration of trusts to investment management, including real estate and mineral management, Falcon Bank offers solutions with an honest evaluation of what you need. Call Falcon Bank of at 210-489-4150 to discuss how they may be of service to you. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform you about the law But because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case and because laws are ever-changing, the material discussed here is meant for general informational purposes only and should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information you learn today should be relied upon only when coordinated with your individual professional advice. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with a prayer. Absolutely. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Please help Attorney Ben Davis, Christiana, and me give good information to the listeners about jury trials today. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you're tuning in live, we are here on the radio, and we have our guest joining us, Ben Davis. We are taking calls today. If you have any questions or comments you want to make about jury trials by dialing 210-308-8867, or you can find us on Facebook where we're streaming live, and you can submit your comments there by looking for Talk Law Radio and the Scales of Justice. But Ben, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, I've been practicing law here in San Antonio for uh, 44 years. Uh, My practice is limited to uh, plaintiff's personal injury work. Uh, I even cut that down a little bit as I've gotten older. I don't do product liability cases anymore. I just don't want to spend two weeks at a time in Southfield, Michigan. But uh, I'm a solo practitioner for most of my life, but I am now fortunate enough to have my daughter, Kelly, practicing with me. Uh, 
I got here uh, like a lot of people do in the military. When I came back from Vietnam in 1971, uh, I was assigned to headquarters, 5th Army. First lieutenant sitting over there in that building with lieutenant colonels and sergeant majors don't have a whole lot to do, <laughs> so I got to play a lot of golf. Uh, I'm a Notre Dame graduate. I was born and raised in Rhode Island. Uh, um, I have three children. Uh, my son, Patrick, uh, I went to Texas Military Institute. He's a Notre Dame graduate, and uh, he came back, uh, played baseball at Notre Dame, and he's came back, and he's been working at uh, Texas Military Institute, which is an incredible place. He's a coach there, right? Yes, he is, Todd. He teaches English, and uh, and he is the baseball coach there. Uh, my uh, oldest daughter, Kara, is the, as I tell everybody, she's the reason for my daily prayers. She's Aww. a very, very independent girl. She's a, a boat pilot. Wow. And uh, at one time she was uh, living in Alaska and driving boats out in the Bering Sea to the Shell Oil derricks. Uh, she went back to my native Rhode Island a couple of years ago, and that's what she's doing there. She's doing piloting. She did it in Boston Harbor, and now she's doing it in Newport, Rhode Island. And then, of course, my daughter Kelly, uh, she's an Incarnate Word High School graduate, and uh, she went to Notre Dame. She went to St. Louis University Law School. She's practicing with me. And I get the white, uh, guidance every day in my law office practice by my beloved wife of 35 years. who uh, She helps with the books. She does more than that. She controls the books. Oh, okay. <laughs> And the office staff, but uh, you know what? It allows me to practice law in in a uh, where I can be trust trusted that things are going right, even if I'm not paying attention to it every day. So it's been a nice uh, transition. How did you choose this area of law? Uh, I really don't know. It had a lot to do with uh, uh, just the exposure I had at St. Mary's. Uh, I really was interested in criminal law, I thought, and uh, when I went to St. Mary's, most of the teachers there were either judges or retired uh, uh, judges or, or law active, active lawyers. Uh-huh. And, uh, I had a teacher by the name of Jim Barlow uh, who taught criminal uh, procedure and criminal law course, big man. He was, he was something. He was very powerful and impressed me a lot, and uh, so when I got uh, licensed, I went down to his courthouse uh, to get uh, sworn in. I wanted him mm -hmm. to do it, and he, he was very honored to do it. And we, he was asked me what I was going to do, and I told him about criminal law, and he discouraged me. <laughs> really? <laughs> so uh, I went to work for a, a gentleman uh, by the name of T.J. Sanders, who was a legend here in those days. And uh, he had a practice, uh, you know, a personal injury practice. Based okay. A lot of workers' comps. So that's how I started. And then I, I enjoyed it. I liked uh, I liked the opportunity. I enjoyed being able to help people that really needed help, uh, but in, hadn't done anything wrong. You know, were victims. Right. And uh, just the people I got to deal with, uh, the defense lawyers here in San Antonio were uh, very pleasant to deal with uh, almost 100% of the time. And uh, every time I have to go to Dallas or Houston. Uh, it reminds me of how fortunate I am to how be How much you like San Antonio. Yes, yes. So today we're going to talk to attorney Ben Davis. Um, really, your your legal name is Howard E. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, Why do people call you Ben? Well, uh, I was born and raised, I told you, in Rhode Island. I was the first grandchild. And my, uh, my grandfather had a business partner named Ben Schwartz, who was reportedly the ugliest man in Rhode Island. <laughs> so when he came in the hospital and I was after I was born, he said Ouch. he looks just like Ben Schwartz. Oh, no. So I got to keep that name. But, uh, you know, as a young man growing up, it's a, probably a little easy to deal with an Howard Earl. You know? Uh-huh. And I will tell you how stupid I am about that. Uh, that's all I've ever done. And uh, when I was uh, getting ready to uh, go overseas and getting my new dog tags, uh, I went in there and, and they said, uh, you know, lined up and they hand me the chain and things. They said, what, uh, what's your name? I said, Ben Davis. Uh, well, my name's Howard to them, but they don't know that. And gave my blood pressure, my social security number. and said, what's your... Uh, What's your uh, religion? I said, fighting Irish. And that's exactly <laughs> what I have. I still have the dog tags, not knowing that uh, they would be used to identify me. If right. Happened. Well, that's probably and how people do. I was. So. Wow. So you were customizing your profile yeah. way before MySpace and Facebook even came onto the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently so. So, Christiana, tell us again how the show's going to go, and can people call in? Yes, today we will be able to take live calls. So if you dial 210-308-8867 and you can send us any questions that you have or comments that you've heard about jury trials. If you don't want to be on the radio but you still want a shout out, then you can follow us on Facebook looking for Talk Law Radio and the Scales of Justice. You can look for our video, look for the red box with the live word in it and you can send us comments live time and i will be checking my phone and giving those shout outs as they come in so right. if you have any stories that you want to share about what it takes to get into a jury trial what it takes to pick a jury what it takes to prepare when having that trial go in front of the judge and making your case then you need to stay tuned after this commercial and send us your questions by dialing 210-308-8867. You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. It can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Viegas, and we have a special guest today, attorney Ben Davis of the Howard E. Davis Law Firm, helping us understand about jury trials. We're taking live calls today, so if you dial in at 210-308-8867, you can have your chance to talk to an attorney live. What's exciting about jury trials is this is a right guaranteed to us through the United States Constitution. Article 3, Section 2 guarantees us 
jury trial rights, and so so do the uh, Sixth and Seventh Amendments to the Constitution. Uh, Mr. Davis, tell us what why you think it's important for people to serve on a jury. Well, uh, I think, first of all, you need to consider why those our founding fathers put that kind of stipulation into our uh, Constitution and into the laws that we govern by, and that's because of what their experiences were. When uh, your life is controlled, uh, either in a civil or a criminal manner, by titans, uh, people that just make the decision and you live with it, and that was a part of the reason I think the... Uh, Revolutionary War was fought to begin with, so I think it's something that's uh, it's something that is should be very very important to people because it affects them in their daily lives. Right, and we don't know if something bad is going to happen to us. If if we want justice, uh, maybe justice will come from a bench trial, or maybe it'll come from a jury of uh, people in the community. Well, I mean, uh, this is a community uh, here in Bear County uh, that I think uh, people on both sides of the docket, defense and and, uh, plaintiffs, uh, will will trust uh, the uh, decisions that the people make. I I have uh, lost cases before, but I've never left feeling that the jury just didn't listen to me or uh, that they had already made up their minds or that they weren't fair. And uh, the same thing is true with, because uh, they get to decide the facts, but the judge gets to decide the information that's going to be presented to them and how the law applies. And uh, I myself feel I've been, uh, I'm very grateful that the experiences of I've here uh, practicing law, I never walked out of the courthouse after even after I lost a case where I felt like it was the jury's fault or it was the judge's fault or anything like that, and I've assured that to my clients. I said, you might be on a jury someday, and you need to remember these experiences and how important it is. So uh, it's, a, it's a right of citizenship, and it be, should be something that People that are selected on juries are, are, are proud of that service. Now, about that, being picked on a jury, how does that process go of being able to select people based off of the case at hand? I myself actually got called to jury duty earlier this year, and I was dismissed because it was a firearms uh, litigation, as as vague as I can make it. And because I had a firearm pulled on me and had bad experiences with that, although I wanted to be impartial and I knew that I wanted to give this opportunity for the person to prove their case, I knew that it might have an emotional impact on me. And I'm wondering if that was a reason why I wasn't picked to be on the jury, because I was honest about that it might trigger an emotional memory. Well, I can almost assure you it probably was. Uh, you know, we get to uh, we get to select a jury. You're going to have, uh, depending on whether you're in district court or uh, county courts, uh, your uh, ability to strike jurors without having any particular reason for it that you have to share. But you can also get them excluded for cause 
if during their examination during voir dire they express uh, uh, an attitude that they cannot be, uh, ultimately cannot be fair and impartial. So voir dire is you asking individual jurors questions to find out if they're going to be a good juror. Well, uh, that is exactly what it is. And I will tell you, uh, I believe you and I discussed this uh, in the past, that uh, the most important thing you do for your, uh, your client in a, in a case is, is the picking of the jury. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the voir dire is the most important uh, exercise that you go through in that trial. I think it's more important than pre- presentation of, of, of the evidence because if you have people on there that are not going to listen because of their prior experiences and you haven't been able to discern that in the questioning, then uh, things are probably not going to turn out the way you would like them to. How do you decide if you want to take a case to the bench or to the jury? Uh, well, uh, usually I, I, we ask for a jury when we file, and you pay the jury fee. But uh, if uh, there, <laughs> I don't know if, if I failed to do it that a defense lawyer wouldn't go ahead. They have the right to have a jury trial, too. It's not just the plaintiff. And so uh, they are, they're going to request a jury in their, the answer that they file. So in a plaintiff's work or personal injury work, you almost always ask for a jury. Yeah, I, I've always asked for a jury. There are certain types of cases uh, where you don't get a jury. Uh, federal court suing the government, for instance, you know, the, the theory there is the government has immunity. But we'll waive that immunity for you, but we can put whatever circumstances we want in order to waive that, so mm-hmm. you've got to deal with it that way. But uh, I uh, have uh, a lot of confidence uh, in the jury system, and uh, I think it's something that people ought to be proud of, but I think a lot of them, I mean, it, it's, it's, it has its problems. It's inconvenient. Uh, people miss work. Uh, they probably incur parking charges that aren't covered uh-huh. uh, enough by the service. I mean, it it disturbs their normal life, and that's why you have to let them know early on how much you appreciate it and how important it is what they are doing. And it's not just to try and make that point across to get them to like you. It's the facts. It's an, a privilege to be able to have that opportunity to go through the jury selection. And if you are selected, then you can be the balance that tips the scale in either way of justice based off of the community's insight instead of just having someone with power and the money to control everything. Yeah, it's being a good citizen to yeah. do your duty and uh, decide the facts, like you said. I mean, because if you end up going in jury trial and you didn't have that opportunity, wouldn't you want to be able to have someone hear you out instead of just have everyone against you? Well, yeah. Yeah. what do you think, Todd? Yeah, I, I think that's the, the whole crux of the matter is uh, relying on your community and in this in this day and age uh, we need to be able to rely on everyone in the community to honor their 
civic duty to vote, to serve on a jury, and to uh, um, make these decisions so that we don't have, you know, one government official making all the decisions. Absolutely. So if you want to share stories about what you've heard about jury trials, maybe if you went through one yourself or you have some myths that you want to clear up, we're taking live calls today. If you dial 210-308-8867 or visit us on our Facebook page and comment in our live stream by looking for the scales of justice, typing in talk law radio, but also, <laughs> I'll tell you the uh, the question I get the most is, um, who is really required to serve on the jury duty? You know, because somebody's probably wondering, am I required to serve on the on the jury? Well, they're going to get summoned, and uh, you know, there's if it's an inconvenient uh, circumstance, you can either call uh, and and express that and get rescheduled, or I know I've had a lot of my friends get in that, and they ask me to do that for them. Uh, and I tell them, well, I'll try to get this move to be more accommodating, but you need to you need to serve. I think that's the critical thing, Todd, of all the questions that could be answered. I think a lawyer is going to tell you if you get that group of people to believe that they are engaging in a civic obligation and that it's important to all of society that they serve, then I think you've got, if you convince them of that, and they're not just there, got to listen to make a decision, then I, I, I think you're going to have people that will be attentive and will listen and then make their decision based on how they view uh, the evidence that's been presented to them. So my experience is with uh, Bear County, uh, I haven't been called to serve in, in any other court. So everybody goes down to the jury room, and then the judge gives a speech. And if you have um, some reason that you think that you should be excused, then you can ask at that time, ask the judge, can I be excused? If you're older, over a certain age, if you have uh, chronic health problems, uh, those might be reasons that you would be excused. Um, and then you wait your turn. And some people tell me that, you know, they, they wait for a long time and then they're told to line up and go to a certain courtroom mm -hmm. and then they're waiting outside the courtroom. Um, you've probably been in that circumstance. Well, uh, I've only been uh, on a jury panel once. And I wasn't selected. Uh, I was on a court-martial uh, jury uh, once, uh, and I was selected. Uh, I just think that, uh, you know, the way things are run here in Barry County, I think if you make any kind uh, in the general jury room, if you make any kind of reason why you are uh, unfit to serve or you're not ready to serve or you can't, I think they'll go along with that. I think they, uh, they they don't want people there that are questioning why they're there and why they weren't relieved. So I, I feel good about that. And uh, there's not many juries, jury trials that happen anyway, right? Even well, if they panel you and, and you go up and you stand in line, 
Usually they're excused because the parties settle the case. Uh, that's not been my experience. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, I get the case settled uh, before we go down there. I don't know. Gosh, Todd, I think maybe uh, I can remember uh, only one trial that I settled after the jury was impaneled, and that one didn't settle till after two days of testimony. And uh, something uh, apparent, I didn't recognize what it was, but something apparently uh, led the, uh, the insurance representative that was sitting there at trial uh, to make a decision that it was time for it to be over. So I'd like to ask the question, or at least get a little bit more details when we come after this break, if personal injury and criminal law are the most common cases that require a jury trial or is there a certain level of litigation that needs to go on for other fields like estate planning mr marcourt or probating a will i think that if you have any stories that you want to share and you're listening now stay tuned after this break and dial us at 210-308-8867 to ask your questions to our attorneys live today We also have our Facebook live stream still running, and I'm watching for those comments if you look for the Scales of Justice and Talk Law Radio. Remember to call us. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marcourt, and I'm your co-host, Christiana Villegas, and we're live today with a special guest, attorney Ben Davis of the Howard E. Davis Law Firm. During our break, we got a call on the line, and we are hoping that you can hear us now. Jesse? Yes. Jesse, thank you for joining us, and you're live here on Talk Law Radio. I hear you have a question for our guest. Yes, I've got two. Uh, the, the first one is uh, regarding a um, uh, eviction. I, I went to court for an eviction. I went to JP Court, and I asked for uh, a jury trial, and they wouldn't give it to me. And 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 they had told me uh, that I had a right to jury trial, but they never they wouldn't give it to me. And there was no way that I could I could uh, register the fact that I wanted a jury trial with anyone. And then after that, I went to Bear County. And went through the same thing. So, and then in a past history of my life, one more other time, I don't know what it was. I, they, I was denied a jury trial. I just, I just could not get a jury trial, no, no matter what. And then they even gave me a paper that said I waived my right to to a jury trial. Oh no. Yes, that 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 was that's that's one problem. And then if the answer is that, I'll, I'll ask the other one. What's your best guess, Mr. Davis? What well, problem? Well, I, I don't know a whole lot about uh, eviction, just like I don't know a whole lot about uh, criminal law. Uh, jury trials are, are not very common in JP court. Uh, there are opportunities uh, where you can take them up for appeal and go from the JP court or even remove it from the JP court to county court where you would be entitled to a jury. But I think what... Uh, uh, our questioner's uh, problem was he was probably representing himself and didn't understand what he could do. Or didn't uh, file the right, right paperwork. Right, that's right. Yeah, because I've done a jury trial eviction before, and uh, nobody said I couldn't do that. 
Well, it's easier to say it to somebody that's uh, not a lawyer than it is yeah. to a lawyer. And when you're in uh, criminal court, uh, the only thing I can think of when you might be presented with a paper to waive jury trial is after you've already uh, decided to plea bargain. Then, then there's a bunch of paperwork in, in where you, you're uh, pleading no contest, you're waiving right. your, your jury trial. Yeah, well, the case is over then. Uh, right. When we, obviously, when you accept the plea bargain, there's uh, there's no reason to have a lawyer then, uh, although usually when people get a decent plea bargain, it's because they had a good lawyer representing them at the time. Yeah, that's just my guess, Jesse. What's your other question? Okay, the other question was uh, regarding uh, when I was there at the JP court, um, like, like you were saying, like he just said something about where, uh, you, you know, you would file... So you'd probably, you know, you 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 ask whatever you wanted. You're representing yourself, so you have to. You're depending on them at the window. You go to a window where they're setting everything up for you, and uh, you're depending on, on what they're telling you orally because you know if, if you're not a lawyer, and and you don't know what the the rules are uh, there at the court. So you, you're depending on, on them to tell you where to go and when to go and etc. and when they tell you one thing, um, then you show up, and, and it's another thing. It, and so I told them, well, okay, just to make sure I don't forget what you told me, let me record it here with my phone, and or oh, they wouldn't have anything to do with that. Oh, no. So if you're depending on what they tell you orally, why can't you uh, record it? There's, there's nothing. What is there trying to hide? I don't know what they're trying to hide. I, I would just recommend not doing that. I I know okay. that um, many people have uh, difficulty uh, affording the services of an attorney, but there are some pro bono programs with the uh, Rio Grande Legal Aid and uh, the St. Mary's Center for Law and Justice. Uh, then then you could have representation at, at a lower yeah, cost or at no cost. Them. I've tried them all, and 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 no matter what kind of case I have, they they just won't do it. You know, I mean, there's there's no way, you know, they'll they'll tell you to go find another lawyer. And I, when they used to have phone books, uh, I I get on the phone, but I call every lawyer in town. I go down the list and call them, call them. Not just they won't take the case. So if, if no one, if no lawyer will take your case, well, you've got no no choice but to to, to try to represent yourself if, if you even manage to go to court. Yeah, I hear your frustration. I I have spoken to other people about that, and um, you know I, I'm not going to be able to solve your issue today, but uh, we're listening. You know, we that's why we're here is to help educate the public about the law. So thank you so very much, Jesse, for your call. Uh, please continue to listen. Please continue to search for that help, Jesse, because eventually when you keep getting those no's, you're eventually going to get a yes. None of what we said can actually be action to take, but it's a help get the insight and find the resources that are most reliable and trustworthy to you. So I wish you luck and thank you for bringing this to light that it's a heartbreaking reality. A lot of people are dealing with this. Yeah. So the... San Antonio Bar Association, the Bar Association just for the city of San Antonio, is uh, re- recruiting volunteer attorneys to help with 
tenants who have been evicted because of the financial hardship that they're facing uh, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So if you uh, search uh, San Antonio Bar Association, that might be a resource to look for. But let me get back to your question, Christiana, about probate. Right. A specialized court like the probate court only handles uh, certain things. And when somebody passes away, whether they have a will or they don't have a will, um, they might end up in probate court. And believe it or not, you can have a jury trial there, too, if somebody's contesting the will. And there have been some famous cases down there at Bear County Probate Court. Um, I wasn't involved in them, so, you know, it would just be something that I'm uh, remembering, and I don't want to say whether, because uh, I might not be remembering correctly. But if you think that uh, your your inheritance was somehow uh, brought about in the wrong way, if you think there was fraud or forgery, or if you think that your loved one was unduly influenced, or if you think that the will is not valid, uh, you can bring those claims to the probate court, and you can have a jury trial. All right, then. So I have a just out-of-the-loop question, Mr. Davis. <laughs> Can you tell me what your favorite movie is? Well, uh, I'm a Notre Dame graduate, so my favorite movie is Rudy. But, uh, <laughs> is Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> is but, there anything related to attorneys, though, that well, have caught your attention? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think in most movies uh, where... Lawyers are involved as any type of uh, medium to major character. It's it's usually not in a good uh, situation, and it uh, usually doesn't uh, give us uh, a good uh, name. But I think the one uh, I, I think of the most is To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, it was an incredible movie, and... Uh, I know as a young man when I saw that, I felt like Atticus Finch was uh, a great role model for a person who was going to represent people and try to achieve justice for them. Uh, and it's... Uh, yeah, having those attorneys like you is important for the judicial system as well. On a lighter note, um, one of my most favorite movies that includes the law is My Cousin Vinny. Uh. Now, that's a criminal case, but when I, I think I was taking a civil procedure uh, with uh, Professor Haddock, and he said, if you really want to do well on our final exam, you should watch uh, My Cousin Vinny because you'll learn some uh, civil procedure in that movie. That was an interesting movie. One of my favorite movies would have to be A Few Good Men with Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise. Mm. I know it's a classic, but you can't get any better than the questioning that goes on between them to get that confession of just rubbing someone's ego the wrong way. But is that something that you have to make sure that you can achieve to try and get someone to confess? Or are you just trying well, to get the jury to <laughs> agree to the facts? I think uh, the the one time that uh, I felt like I wanted to be Jack Nicholson, I, you know, I'm a personal injury lawyer, so I'm presenting medical situations 
uh, that have been caused in an accident and trying to get the jury to understand them and to evaluate them and the effect it's had on my client's life. And in recent years, there's been a huge uh, change where defense lawyers get doctors who have never seen the patient, uh, have looked at records that were provided by the lawyer that hired them, and they make a great deal of money uh, in doing that, and they just render opinions that, uh, you know, the treatment wasn't necessary or the charges were too high or the diagnosis was wrong. And uh, I remember uh, dealing with a particular doctor that I see on a regular basis, and uh, uh, I asked him, why are you doing this? And he said, I'm, I'm just trying to show you the truth. And I felt like being Jack Nicholson <laughs> and saying, you can handle the truth. <laughs> but, uh, well, hopefully our audience can handle this break that we're about to come up on. We have a few minutes left before the show is over. So if you want to make any last-minute questions or comments, dial in at 210-308-8867. But stay tuned after this break on Talk Law Radio. You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Our court law firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and our court law firm can help you do just that. They can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com. Thank you for staying after this break, and welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Viegas, and we've had our guest, attorney Ben Davis of the Howard E. Davis Law Firm, help us understand what it, the process is about going through jury trials. If you have gone through personal injury and you want to be able to talk to Mr. Davis off of our show, you can reach him by dialing 210-738-8080 Monday through Friday, or send an email if you're up late by going to irish-x at outlook.com. Okay, so now in our final segment, Mr. Davis, we like to talk about legacy because Marquardt Law Firm sponsors Talk Law Radio, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, and that includes last wills, living trusts, and estate planning. Uh, The focus of estate planning is legacy. What do you want your legacy to be? Well... Well, uh, wow, that's uh, quite a question. I know that, uh, I hope that uh, the people that I've represented in the past will feel like I cared about them, uh, that I took my employment very, very seriously, and that I felt like it was a great privilege to be able to handle circumstances for them that uh, needed and would have a great effect on their lives. Uh, It hasn't always turned out the way I wanted it to, 
but I hope that they always felt that I did my best and that I gave them my attention and my concern. Uh, it's also, I hope I've been uh, a good uh, example to some of the younger lawyers that I've worked with that uh, and understand that uh, while results are important, uh, your commitment to the system, your commitment to justice, your commitment to truth is what the system is all about, and it's what we're trying to do. It won't mean that other people will see it the way you do, but as long as they handle it with the intention of arriving at the truth, then I think that's a great legacy for a lawyer to have. I also... Uh, feel like, you know, when you have a, a you are a position as a lawyer and people know you like that, you have a chance to affect them outside the law. And uh, they'll have respect for your education and your experience. And uh, I think I had an experience myself. I wasn't going to talk about it, but you guys started off with a prayer, so <laughs> I think I'm free to do it. Uh, I was uh, a seminarian uh, from the seventh grade to my first year of college. I went to Notre Dame, which was a, when I went there, was a seminary. And, um, and, and the Catholic religion was very important to me. My relationship with God was very important to me. And then I had a period of my life where I just do what a lot of guys do. You know, we're so busy trying to provide our families with the things we think they need, we forget a lot of other things that we have an obligation to do. And one of them, I think, is to be the spiritual leader of our family. And uh, I didn't do that. I neglected that. I let a whole lot of other people do it. I subcontracted it. I went on an axe retreat in May of 2000. I didn't want to go. I went because of money. A client of mine, uh, I settled a very large case for her. She didn't need the money, and she wouldn't signed the paperwork until I went on the retreat. And something happened there during that period of time that literally changed my life. Not just changed my life as far as, uh, you know, what I do for a living or how I live. It's affected my relationships with my family. Uh, it's reminded me of the things that I owe them. But it also reminds me the things that I owe of all the people that are around me, that we're all you know, it almost sounds uh, to talk in this particular time, but we're all children of God. And uh, Amen. we all to make this work together so we can all share eternity together in a very happy place. Yeah, thank you for sharing that personal statement of faith. Uh, I appreciate that. And uh, I hope that that's my, my legacy for my family is uh, even if all they remember is dad was a very religious person. <laughs> Well, that would be a compliment for me. Um, so that, that brings us back to uh, something that I do uh, for those who are inclined in estate planning is uh, you can put your statement of faith right at the very beginning of your will or your trust. When my mom was doing some uh, genealogy research, she found a will I don't remember if the person was related to me or not, but it was very interesting. So she printed it out and she showed it to me. In the will, the testator, the person who wrote the will, made a special bequest of his soul back to God. 
And I, I just thought that that was awesome, you know, that he it was a statement of faith mm-hmm. in, in the act that he did that. Of course, it could have created some confusion in the probate court because it's hard to identify that type of property, your soul, mm-hmm. um, at least for us. Um, but for those of my clients who are inclined to do so, I ask them, would you like to put a statement of faith at the very beginning of your will or your trust? And I have some examples that other clients have used, and, and some people write their own. Uh, it's not for me to decide uh, what they write, but for those who do it, they love it. You know, letting their family know that that's what was really more important than all of the stuff that they're leaving, the, the garage full of uh, boxes, and e- even if it's family memories, uh, letting them know that what was really important is their faith. So is that why it's called a last will and testament? Because you're not only saying what you want to will your items to, but what a testimony is of what your life has been. Sort of. It, it goes back to, uh, in England, there were two types of courts. There was a law court where the uh, the king and the king's uh, departments uh, made decisions about who was wrong and who was right. If you couldn't find justice with the king, then you went to the church. And the the church had their own system of deciding who was right and who was wrong. And that was called an equity court. And so uh, a lot of documents use terms from both sides. So the law court would call it a will, and the equity court would call it a testament. And so that's why we use both terms. But, of course, in the Bible, uh, Jesus says uh, this cup is the, the, the New Testament. So it, it is something that you, you decree to happen after you pass away. So, Mr. Davis, before the show is over for today, have we gotten everything addressed that you want to make sure our audience understands about the importance of a jury trial and entering into the jury system? Well, I wanted to ask him a question that I think might answer that. Oh. Can you tell us, um, like, the difference between jury trial and alternative dispute resolution like mediation and arbitration? Well, uh, most of the years of my practice, that was not, uh, uh, it might have been an option, but it wasn't anything we ever did. We do it now. Uh, It's mandatory in Bexar County in the uh, personal injury field. You can get it waived, but you have to go through a procedure. I think mediation is a good thing because you get to discuss the issues with the people on the other side. They get to make the decision and see if there's something where you can come to a compromise. But the thing that makes that valuable is they know that if it doesn't, they're going to be sitting in front of a Bear County jury, and they're going to get the decision. Mm-hmm. So I think just the presence of that jury helps the cases get settled at mediation. And, and so my only statement that I would like to make today is that uh, for the people that are listening, when you have the opportunity, when you get selected on a jury, I know it can be inconvenient. I know it can cause changes in your lifestyle for a short period of time, but embrace it 
because you have an opportunity to earn your citizenship by dealing with the democratic processes that we have here. And do you know what? Your service on that jury doesn't just affect the parties that are involved, okay? It affects your community because the results of those verdicts come out and are known in the community and it changes a lot of people's attitudes about what they did or didn't do that might have caused that trial to be necessary to begin with. Right. It could change the the practices of automakers or auto insurers. So those jury trials are, are very important because the, the community ultimately gets to decide, you know, what the norms are, what we're going to be tolerating and what we're not going to be tolerating as far as how business treats us, right? Absolutely. And to make sure that the laws don't get changed to prevent medical malpractice and uh, the full compensation possible for a personal injury is to look at who's representing you. Um, whoever and whatever they identify as does not remove from the fact of what their actions were and what they've done to help their community. So look at people's actions. Look at what they say and then how they do. And then you might be able to help improve your community to make sure that everybody receives justice. But if you're not here in Pear County, if you're not in Texas, you can visit our sponsor, SeniorDirectory.com, and you can look through their lineups all over the nation and find an attorney that might be able to help you in your area if you're listening to us. Also, a shout-out back to Jesse, who had called in and helped us remember that heartbreaking reality that there are some evictions going on that can't get jury trials. If you want to avoid evictions, we had our last episode with the Bear County Housing Authority Executive Director, Tammy Trevino. So visit TalkLawRadio.com, listen to our podcast episode, and find out if you might still be able to qualify for their housing program that they have available. Yeah, you can find that on TalkLawRadio.com, or you can find it on iTunes. In the Apple Podcast, just type in Talk Law Radio and look for Todd's beautiful face. Now, next week, we will be back live again at 11 o'clock with a new guest, Philip Doublestein. Yeah, he's a pastor, and he's going to talk about what the church used to think about interest. Now, that will be our last live episode before we go on a month-long break for July. So if you want to have a say in what kind of guests and topics we have, we are always looking for those recommendations. Send it to us in Facebook, look for us on YouTube, or even on LinkedIn, and you can send us those comments and requests. But we hope to see you again next time on Saturday at 11 o'clock here on Talk Law Radio. We'll see you next time.